VC bro. Yeah, I am a VC bro now. Yeah. Wow, you've come to think you've learned to hate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we always start every episode with a breathing exercise. Okay. Is it recorded, the breathing exercise? Uh, yes, and included. <laughs> it normally goes for 15, 20 minutes, and then the, the discussion goes for about five. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Mark DeStefano. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Australia. Yeah, I've been um, I've been in London for the last five years, and uh, I had this joke with my mates that I wanted to be in London for the Queen's death, mm-hmm. and uh, I missed it by just, four weeks. By four weeks, wow. but yeah, you did have to escape broken Britain. I feel, you know, yeah, it's coming down. It's so. I can, and the recurring joke is that it's the opening scenes of Children of Men, but yep. it's it's going to be bad. The winter in London is going to be bad, and now there's no Queen, and my last power bill was like triple yeah wow because of the war in ukraine so mm. you know, but now, now in sunny sydney we don't have problems like that we just have la nina <laughs> although i just saw that the la nina has been confirmed <laughs> yeah. confirmed la nina i love that i'm trying to convince well i'm i have convinced my girlfriend to come here and she's the promise of sunny and hot and i'm like well, not happening it's gonna be wet it's, shit. Gonna be, it's gonna be awful yeah yeah can we swear on this podcast yes you can swear okay. on this podcast very quick background oh god how many hats have you had interrupt if i'm wrong okay abc yep buzzfeed yep. ft yep uh, the information, correct. and now AFR. That's correct. Is that so, all of them or are there any in there that I've missed? No, no, no. You've literally nailed it, hit each step. So, yeah, started out printing scripts at the ABC straight out of uni and then um, I was up in the Northern Territory for the ABC, which was like the best job I ever had, mm. um, doing TV reporting up there. And then, yeah, did did BuzzFeed for five, six odd years in the content mines with Hanno. It was, it was actually opposite me. For a lot of that period, you were a pedestrian, I think. I was, yeah, yeah. So we were sort of enemies in a way. Yeah, we were. Didn't really think about it that way at the time, but in retrospect. Frenemies. We were enemies. Yeah. I was I was actually thinking about this today. I was talking to someone about how we were talking about how Business Insider might make a comeback in Australia. I heard about this. This was something I heard. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about how like the glory days of the Australian internet content was like 14, 15, 16, yeah. pedestrian, junkie. BuzzFeed, we were all kind of like- When the Facebook spigot was just yeah. pumping. Everyone it was felt just, good. Yeah, it well, felt like we were the future. We were on top of the world. It was like and Wolf then, of Wall Street. And now look at us. Yeah, look at us now. In the Yeah, in the doldrums. And now I'm at the fucking AFR and, you know, we're all sort of very serious and, you know, sitting here. The spark is gone. There's no fun anymore. Well, no it's life. interesting to think that though. Like what are the young people, like what are young people reading and where are they going? They're getting on TikTok and doing fucked up little dances. Yeah. They're, they're not learning anything. Yeah, financial investment 101. Yeah. like And money bags. That's where they're getting all their financial Actually, the, I've, I'm addicted to the sort of the TikTok hour before bed, you know, scroll, scroll, scroll. There are some real charlatans doing oh, finance TikTok sure. in Australia. Like, here's how you can b- buy six properties in outer western Sydney by the time you're 25. They were supposed to have calmed down a bit once. The, once was it ASIC was like, we are, we will crack down on you, yeah. and they all they all went to ground. But there are there's sleaze bags out there. I feel like in the world, Australia has. Could claim a monopoly on sleazebags doing real estate scans on TikTok. We're number one, baby. Triple J has been the, had always been the sort of consistent, like we're always there to be the youth of young people and news and all that sort of stuff. And I actually did. I, I, I was a news reader on Triple J for a very brief time. But I think that I would love to know because I'm old now. Like I'm in my mid-30s. So mm. what are young people like reading? And, and it is probably just scrolling through TikTok, aren't they? They're in discords talking about it. God knows what. Yeah. Private school discords. Well, there's that one. But, you know, that's where they all, that's where they all chat and learn about things. <laughs> I don't like it. 
Um, we did bring you on for a reason, though, not just to talk about the media. <laughs> the, the halcyon days of digital media in the in the mid tens. Yeah, I mean, I missed them. I was busy. <laughs> what were you doing? Having a good time, I guess. Yeah, I was knocking about. You're in a band. I was in a band. Yeah. yeah. The information though, your beat was Amazon. Is that correct? Yeah. So- well, it better be because that's what we brought you on. <laughs> to talk about. No. So what I did was um, I spent two years as an Amazon beat reporter at the Information. So it's like a Silicon Valley. Newsletter that 45,000 people read. I, I read it. I pay for it. You do? I do, yeah. It's expensive. It is, yeah. I claim it on tax. <laughs> oh, okay. I was about to How say. How expensive are we talking? It's like $450 a year. Yeah. I'm, okay. The information is like really deeply reported features about tech. And at the information, uh, we have a reporter on each of the big tech companies. So we have an Apple reporter, a Google reporter. And I was the Amazon reporter with a colleague of mine. We did it with the two of us did it. And it was fascinating. It, you know, of the companies, of those companies, I think Amazon was actually the best to cover because it it has its fingers in the most pies. Yeah, so, it- you end up Amazon.com Marketplace, D2C e-commerce, but then you've obviously got cloud with AWS and then you've got delivery and then you've got all of these sort of spindles that come off the main company. And, yeah, it's an interesting company because- it doesn't have the sense of it's doing evil in this. Well, maybe it does. I think <laughs> Apple, Apple, I think, has in recent times with its forced labor Uyghur stuff and then Google in its complete monopoly on search and obviously Facebook and cooking up fascist sort of overthrows. I think that the one thing that Amazon sort of has a problem with is- Unions. Unions, yeah. Yeah. But I think that, and this is maybe I became a bit Stockholm Syndrome about Amazon, is that by the end of it, I was like, well, actually, if you look at the jobs, they've got 1.3 million people employed around the world. The jobs that they have, low-wage workers, but they're getting paid upwards of, you know, $20 an hour US. Yeah, they always pay a bit bit more. They pay they more. They expect more. Yeah. And I think that, look, they also have, there's, there's all these studies done that, in communities where there's an Amazon distribution center or facility, that the presence of them actually raises the minimum wage amongst small businesses, which small businesses obviously hate. Mm. But then why are they busting unions? Well- For the love of the game. How long have you got, Raph? (laughs) No, I think Jeff Bezos has a pathological hatred of unions and it has always had. I think of all of the tech founders, founders, so we're talking about like Zuckerberg, you know, Sergey Brin at Google- Steve Jobs at Apple, each one has their own problems with unions because they're all rabid capitalists, of Mm. course. But Amazon's is, because of its army of low-wage workers, seasonal workers, low-wage workers, it is the most natural environment for a union and enterprise bargaining. But, yeah, they've resisted for a long time and obviously they just recently had a a breakthrough in New York. But the union movement in the US, they actually say the future of the union movement will be built out of Amazon. So if they can make it work, that Mm. that movement there, then they sort of see flow-on effects back into the auto industry and service industries and stuff like that. I think one of the interesting things about Amazon, like we all hear about both the drivers and the warehouse conditions, that's kind of the big meme. But apparently, if you're a white-collar worker there, you're basically under the same scrutiny. You're expected to open emails within one minute and, like, every single action on your computer is being tracked, probably more so than in warehouses to a certain extent because they can track everything. Yeah, and the good thing for you is you get compensated very well for that. Well, you were just saying the workers do too. They do. (laughs) I think that if you work at a corporate white-collar job at Amazon, most often you're likely working in Seattle, which is where it's based. 
Um, Seattle is cold and miserable most of the year. And it's actually, if you, that city is overrun by either Microsoft or Amazon workers because that's where those two companies are based. Oh, yeah. What was the deal with, this is a couple of years ago. I don't know if this was just like an, an internet panic. The Amazon city, mm. uh, like charter city, where they were going to hire their own police it was and everything. H2, HQ2, which was like, oh, yeah. They did this thing, they ran a competition. Yeah. The tender. And it made sense to pointy-head Amazon people where they're like, what we should do is run a national competition to see where we should put our next big headquarters. And they got inundated with, like, hundreds and hundreds of applicants from mayors and governors and all this sort of stuff. Like, Because if you imagine, if you were a local regulator or lawmaker, you actually do want an Amazon in your town because it brings hundreds of thousands of employees, A, but then the economy that splays out, whether it's restaurants or leisure activities or childcare centres or whatever. So this was not we're going to build our next HQ facility. It's we're going to build our HQ, like, corporate headquarters. Mm. So- they put it out to tender and they get hundreds of mayors from like, you know. Doing like we- Harlem Shake videos. Yeah, <laughs> no. And, and one of the things that they had to do was, and this was classic Amazon, they were like, what will you do for us? And so the mayors and all that were like, we will lower taxes for you for 10 years. No, all these tax breaks. Mm. And one of the people that is the architect of that whole thing breaking down was AOC in New York, where she said- you know, this is outrageous that we're all sort of fighting over each other to sort of limit the tax of Amazon to attract them. And it caught fire amongst the national media. Amazon got so embarrassed because they were trying to make sure that they weren't putting off Washington that they pulled it and then they set up a, their next headquarters in Staten Island in New York anyway, yeah. which is where, you know, AOC was campaigning without all those tax incentives. And it just shows you, I think, that sometimes you do need like a strong populist message to sort of hold a mirror up to these things and go, what the hell are we doing? And, yeah. of course, they need to build it somewhere. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah. And you know where they want to build it so they can attract engineers and, and product managers and whatever? Fucking New York. New York. Like, yeah. Surprise, the, surprise, they ended up in New York, yeah, not Wyoming. Not North Carolina. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? I, I think that the same thing has happened a lot in London. One of the reasons why London is so good for these tech companies, it's like, because every engineer wants to go live in London. That is the reason why they don't go set up in Amsterdam or whatever, even though it would be much cheaper on tax. Or, you know, they set their data centres up in Dublin so they can get good tax treatment, but they always have a corporate headquarters in London. Yeah. Now, earlier you mentioned Amazon wanting to take over the world and definitely want to touch on that. In particular, (laughs) iRobot they just purchased. What is their robot ambitions? So we know that they've made recently, they actually released basically a public beta of yeah. a house robot that kind of goes around, Astro. follows you. It's called Astro. What's the plan here? What's the strategy? So there's always like a public plan and then sort of a private plan. And the public plan is obviously we want to, you know, you know we want to have more t- connectivity in the home. Now, if you think about what Amazon has in your home, if you're American, not so much in Australia, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but like a crazy amount of people have ring doorbells. In yeah. Amazon. Yeah. And I don't know if it's in Australia, like in the same way, maybe there's privacy issues here in Australia. So people don't have the, oh, let's just put a fucking camera on. I'm our not even doorbell. sure we can get them, but, I, but they definitely don't have like any density here. Nobody, like, nobody we're have. talking, I'm going to get this wrong, but we're talking like 30% of Americans have ring doorbells, right? Yeah. Which is really interesting from law enforcement perspective. Totally. That, uh, able to subpoena the footage from your doorbell to catch crimes, etc. Yeah. Although, yep. am I right in, I think that Google are doing this with Nest, 
Google is saying that they're fully encrypting all of those videos so that Google don't have access to it, so therefore they can't give it to law enforcement. I, I think, don't think Amazon. Yeah, are. I don't look. Amazon definitely don't because they do give it to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I do that for sure, and that's quite controversial. But they will say, "Look, we just follow the Amazon's put their hand up, say we follow the law. If there's a subpoena, we will give the footage." Oh, 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 I, I totally agree with that, though. But. It cuts both ways. Like when I hear people complaining about Apple complying with the law in China or yeah. the law in India, yeah. it's like they have to follow the law of yeah. uh, the country that they're in. If you don't like it, then either, yes, you can campaign for them to not be in China yeah. or you can campaign the Chinese government to change the law. But otherwise, you've got to follow the law if you're a company. You I can't just be that, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'd I like that. So back to Ring. Do you want a Fido in your house, Hino? Uh, James? Look, I'm not completely- Fascinated or drawn to it. But look, you know, I'll leave anything open in the future. It's like Amazon has a couple of touch points in your house. One is Ring. Mm. The second one is Alexa. Now, if you look at the product roadmap of Amazon over the last 30 years, Bezos is not a product guy. He's a business guy. He's Mm. a business genius. He understands how to create systems and whatever. Steve Jobs, genius of product. product. I think that the Amazon versus Apple is a really lovely juxtaposition Mm. and, again, slight sidetrack, but Apple, you have these beautiful products. Steve Jobs' whole thing was like, the customer don't know what they want. We tell them what they want. Bezos is the opposite. It's the customer, the customer, the customer. And you end up with, if you go to the Apple homepage, you have this kind of beautiful parallax animation as you scroll down, just showing off the beauty of, of their product. Amazon homepage. Looks like dog shit. Looks like dog shit. But they're reflecting what we want. Amazon is reflecting kind of what the people want. Apple is like they know better. And And we want both and they're both massive companies. Well, the funny thing is is that Tim Cook is kind of more of a Jeff Bezos guy. He is like a weird business brain supply chain freak who doesn't really, probably knows nothing about products, to be honest. He leaves that to the the design eggheads. There's a couple of products that- and I turn uh, consumer products because AWS is a product and it is mm. literally redesigned um, an entire trillion dollar industry. But yep. if you look at what are the things that actually banged for Amazon, it's the Kindle, it's Alexa, and really they were ahead on Alexa. Yeah. The voice command devices, that was something that Apple and Google and all the other tech companies weren't doing and they did it and now the, the, those other companies followed in behind them. And then, yeah, the third one was Ring, which was really successful. But there have been, in the last 30 years, all of these awful products that mm. Amazon has put out. And, like, the Fire Phone was a massive yep. a massive turkey. The stick. Yeah. Like the Fire TV thing. Yeah. So, yeah. what they're trying, I mean, they're going to try like, to, to yeah. redesign that into building their own TVs. I spoke to a product, Amazon product guy who was telling me about the Echo Buds. So these are like oh, yeah. literally AirPods, but they are Amazon ones and they look like shit. <laughs> and apparently they they are complete dog shit compared to Apple's and they sell terribly. And this is what Amazon does. They're yeah. just like, let's just try it. Let's throw it away. All that sort of stuff. So if you look at this product roadmap, they've probably had three big wins where they've actually built something that has redefined the category. And that is, yeah, Ring, Alexa and the Kindle. And you could say also the Kindle really was born out of the iPad and all that sort of stuff. But- there are these things also like waves of product innovations and they missed the first big one, which was the iPhone. Mm. Like the iPhone was so transformative to how we live our lives. Now, we would not have podcasts without iPhones. Like iPhones created the podcast industry. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so so they missed that because they tried the Fire Phone and they fucked that up. Google came in with Android and they got that right. Mm. The second one recently that they missed was like all this delivery, consumer delivery. So like Uber transport, all that sort of stuff. And they've made investments on Deliveroo and they've made investments on 
a whole bunch of companies. They're looking at maybe potentially buying a company in the US as well. The third one that's coming now that I think that will be interesting to see if they can nail crypto, baby. <laughs> but that, and that's, the blockchain. That's, that's, that's one good thing they haven't got. They haven't, they yeah. haven't gone for crypto. The one thing it's about there are all these business books that talk about getting in at the start of the next wave, and apparently it's robotics. So yeah, they just bought an, a big robotics company, right? A hundred and fifty-year-old robotics company. Yeah, and so can they say, are we going to live in a future in five, ten years from now where we will all have little robots in our house doing things for us? That's the bet at buying Roomba, which is literally like they're thinking to themselves, the next consumer product wave is coming. What is it going to be? Okay, maybe it's robots, and if so, let's buy one that is quite ubiquitous when it comes to a quite a small thing, which is the vacuum. Mm. And one point seven billion dollars is chump change. Then, so, yeah. yeah. So well, the, the funny thing is, like, they kind of have the same problem as Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, in that they neither of them have a platform, mm. and they thought uh, like yeah. Facebook probably thought they did. They're like, oh, we've got this great website, at least, people, and it goes like that. They don't have a hardware platform they own. They're kind of at the mercy of like Apple. Who can just say Fuck, your whole ad business is fucked now? Yeah, because we don't want you to do it. And, um, and their traffic still has to be distributed via someone else's platform. Correct. So yeah. now their now their bet is metaverse goggles. Yeah, VR. like that. VR Whereas, is their device, and which I don't think Amazon have any play in that space. But they're kind of making a counter bet that it's sort of like this innovative voice. things, robots. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting because the one thing that Amazon do have that is like very dominant is their marketplace. Amazon yep. marketplace is still the dominant e-commerce platform by yep. billions and millions of dollars. Yep. If you look at the breakdown in, I, I only know the US numbers. The US numbers are something like, you know, it's essentially out of $5 every spent on, on e-commerce, $3 is spent on Amazon. And it's like $1 is spent on Walmart and the rest are distributed throughout that. I think if you, if you imagine what Hannah just said is correct, it's like, the reason why Zuckerberg is pissed off and the reason why he wants to build the metaverse is that he doesn't own a system. Like he doesn't own a, where there are a whole bunch of developers building stuff for you because that was the genius of the iPhone is that as soon as you build the app store, you own everybody's business, whether that's Uber or Spotify or, you know, you name an app. Well, Facebook got popular basically because of- Because of the iPhone. Yeah. yeah. The anywhere between 10 to 30% take that Apple does on every purchase on anything that you buy <laughs> through an app on your phone is brutal, especially to a service like Spotify, which mm. is competing against Apple Music. If you, That's why they- Amazon don't pay it as anyone who's like tried to purchase a book on the Kindle right. app yeah. on your phone. <laughs> like why do you get like these like Safari pop-ups and Google Chrome pop-ups? It's because they don't want to- Process the payment on your Again, own. it's so funny that I was just like, I don't give a fuck about the customer experience. <laughs> yeah. you, you will crawl to us to buy our Kindles, because Kindle books. If you're unaware, listener, you the listener, Apple's policy, until very recently, but I'll ignore that, was you're not allowed to link to third-party payment processes, i.e. you have to use Apple's payment method. And not only that, you're not allowed to tell people that you can get it elsewhere. You can get yeah, it elsewhere. Yeah. Exactly. So what you have is on the Amazon Kindle app, you can open it and you're looking for books and it's just nowhere to be found. And so you have to open a browser and type something like, how do I buy yeah. books yeah. on the Kindle? But yeah, let's bring it home though. Amazon in Australia, who's who's a Prime member? I am, yeah. I just ended my Prime membership. Wow. I did the thing where I like took stock. I think everyone's doing this now. I like mm. to think everyone's doing this, where everyone's looking at their monthly thing and thinking recession is coming and inflation is bad. Yeah. So I basically cancelled four. I cancelled my Amazon Prime, 
my Netflix subscription, my Disney Plus because I was a Star Wars nerd and all the Star Wars shows uh, had finished because mm-hmm. Obi-Wan had just finished. And I cancelled my Spotify. And then I wanted to just like, let's experiment because like, let's see what I've missed. What are you using for music? Apple Music? I was using Spotify with ads, right? Oh. The user experience of listening to Spotify with ads is unbelievably bad. It oh, yeah, for so sure. so bad that I had to, like, I went literally, I, like, Tame Impala listened to an album and it was like, and it would stop and then there'd be an ad and you just think to yourself, oh, this is, a- Spotify have designed it perfectly that the ad experience is so awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, and then I re-upped on my Disney subscription because I had to have it for only murders in the building for my mum. But the two that I have left Go by the wayside are Prime and Netflix. This guy doesn't want to watch Rings of Power. He's got no interest I in watched, the Rings of Power. I watched, so I re-upped it for one month to see Rings of Power, okay. and I watched the first episode. And I, I and you're out. You're out again. What? Are, didn't you think Rings of Power was really bad? Um, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Are you Are you staying for the long haul? Well, I mean, like I have. I mean, yeah, I've watched all three episodes, and I thought, yeah, this is, this is okay. I think Game it of Thrones like, is a bit better. Like a like. I'm the opposite. I'm not. I'm not really oh, buying the really? House of the Dragon. But look, you know, I like my Tolkien stuff. I think it's reasonably good. It looks like a five hundred million dollar show, or however much they pumped into that. That's really yeah. interesting. But you don't use Prime for shipping. I think Prime for shipping in Australia sucks. Really? Like compared to the UK, and what I hear about the US. I mean, the US sounds like another level. Like the UK is fantastic in that you will literally get it by the end of the day mm. or early the next morning. But I mean, I've tried to send birthday presents to my nephew from London using my Prime account, and it was like five, six business days. I've struggled, but it's gotten better. It's gotten better. Yeah, because Amazon did. It sucked when it launched, but everyone said this. It's going to suck when it launches because that's what they do. So you have a you have a membership. I don't watch anything. I use it, but I wouldn't give it up because you have a child, children. That's true, and yeah. And is it what you buy your children's stuff on? Like you're like, oh shit, we need some Tupperware. Yeah, Tupperware. We bought some Tupperware like two weeks ago. Yeah. But I also am like full subscribe. Anything I can subscribe to, I will. So deodorant, anything like that. Oh, I you've need. got the Amazon Prime. Subscribe to the product. Uh, I subscribe to products that wow. I, like I know that I'm going to go through in a certain amount. So what of time. is that? Like, li- like literally, it's like cosmetics? toothpaste, toothbrushing, deodorant. There's certain juices that I drink that oh, I know really? that I go You're through. Suck about it. In a children of men situation, you'd be gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's my protein <laughs> You're shake? You're completely relying on these ra- these razor thin supply chains. Uh, yeah, not yeah. going to make it. <laughs> I, I've, I mean, I've but, outsourced. But, but also that's kind of like your day job as well, right? Like this is something that you do. And you know that this is how these places also make a lot of money is that the return, you know, the re-up. It's more that like it's a, it's a sounder financial tactic to be able to like lock in revenue, totally. right? like yeah. reoccurring revenue. So you can borrow and or raise off that subscription reoccurring But I think revenue. it's like it's very common. I had a friend of mine, a Australian friend of mine in London and she had two kids and she did all of her grocery shopping on Amazon and did the whole thing, you know, the re-up, the subscriptions, saving all that money by subscribing. So like a full Amazon head and I talked to her. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm joining, joining. I'm going to cover Amazon. She's like, oh, my God, I just absolutely love people who use it the way it's supposed to be used. Yeah, I buy multiple times love, a week off Amazon. Love it. So oh, you really love it. That's right. I, I've Prime, but I don't use it a lot. I just like whenever like a, a purchase comes up and I sort of maybe feel like I might want it the next day. Yeah. I definitely don't optimize. In the I'm, the, I'm the sort of like one purchase a month. It's like the mouse pad or like the new phone battery charger that, like, like they're actually good ones you can get Amazon compared to the ones you yeah. get in shops. But I think it's, yeah, w- what you're just describing is, like, how you're supposed... Like, how you can get a lot of savings, but how they lock you into the whole ecosystem. Oh, definitely. And, like, I think that's the American 
way of doing things. I've fallen into that trap. I don't search the internet for a product. Like, I search Amazon first. Because also, I want it tomorrow. (laughs) Your lips right around Bezos' boot, mate. He's got you. So, just on that, and just because this is relevant to what we were talking about. So, one of the things that most people don't know about is that Amazon's got the third biggest advertising network in the world. It's bigger than Bing. Yeah, it it definitely is. But advertising (laughs) is also high margin profit business because you don't need that much like amazon.com marketplace supply chains delivery drivers like the margins suck mm. on those things well, you know what's great is just like having some salespeople selling ads to to madison avenue so amazon's advertising network is so good and i've spoken to google and facebook people about this and they're worried about it and the reason why they're worried about it is cuz the apple changes is that if you imagine this Amazon is sitting on mountains and mountains and mountains of first-party data. Yep. Mm. They know what RAF has searched for, what age he is, whether he's probably got kids, where he's based, but also all of his commercial intention. And if you imagine if you if you, a funnel, right, a customer acquisition funnel, advertising like banner ads, so driving down the street, that's like top of the funnel mm. because you that person is like not near the McDonald's or whatever it is. It's awareness. It's awareness, right? But if you are on Amazon.com, you're searching for talcum powder or mm. Lynx deodorant. You are such right at the bottom of the funnel that if you are a deodorant maker, you can bid against Lynx to make sure that you are top of that, top of the search page. So if you're an advertiser and you do it for Lynx deodorant or any type of fast-moving consumer good, they pummel money into Amazon advertising. And yeah. it's because they're sitting on all this intention data. Whereas if you're a Google and there's their entire revenue stream is from search, if you Google links deodorant, you may want links deodorant to buy, but you also may want to like or a TV. You may search, you know, Sony TV, but you also may want to find the instruction manual for the yeah. Sony TV yep. you just bought, whatever. So Amazon has a level of data penetration in the advertising space that advertisers are gushing for. And I think that probably if you look further afield about antitrust and stuff, it's going to become a massive problem for them. Also, it's so attractive. My understanding is obviously Amazon generated a lot of controversy because they make their own white label goods. And the criticism was that they basically are able to copy. If there's a really popular white T-shirt, Amazon made their own Amazon Basics and undercut them. My understanding is they're actually cutting back on that business because at the end of the day, A, it's it's really small margins, yeah. as you mentioned, and B, they're having to give up that advertising revenue, that advertising space for their own product. So apparently an Amazon seller will, even though the percentages are only like whatever, 7 to 10% or something is Amazon's cut, once you factor in all of the marketing, it's around 30% per product they're getting um, revenue, like Amazon are shaving off the top because you have to advertise. For their own goods, they're not getting that 30%. No. So they're, they're kind of losing it. So that's why they're actually like making it smaller. They're um, white label goods. The white label thing's really interesting because anybody who's any, had shopped in a supermarket for 30, 40 years, whether that's gone to Target or gone to Kmart or gone to Woolies, has always known that you can buy the sort of weirdly no named products yeah. that you, it's called. Oh, there's one in um, Kmart that my sister is obsessed with. She's like, Anko. Anko. Yeah, Anko. Anko are huge. It's huge. Yeah. And it's just a white label product in that it's not really a brand. It's just Kmart owns the thing. Yeah. yeah, and you can find all of them on Alibaba. Yeah, and it's like this has happened forever in the traditional commerce space, but then as soon as it happens online, people freak out because it's like, well, Amazon is putting their their product first 
in the search page. It's like, yeah, sure. Have you gone to Kmart mm. and seen like what the products are, are first when you arrive into the store? And so they're sitting on all, Amazon sitting on all this data, not just of their own, but of their all their competitors, and they can actually then go and make commercial decisions based on that data. And that's a really controversial thing to think about in 2022. But the actual 10, 20 years ago, the Woolworths, the Kmart's of this have been sitting on this data forever. Yeah. And it's just because there's a US behemoth that has it that people are freaking out about. And so, yeah, it's a political decision. And it's not just the economics. It's like they've gone, this is more hassle than it's worth Mm. having a white label business. Probably doesn't hurt that it doesn't make that much cash as well. Yeah. Going back to the robot in the house, the bigger play, and you see this from every company, is they have this future vision where everything is in the house, your you know, your telehealth, your you're constantly talking to your devices mm. and your robots to clean things, which is why, you know, you see even the Facebook portal, Google's voice assistants have a screen. Apple's new iMacs, you can just see them right now, like you can see them sitting on a wall. The camera that's built into them is that, you know, the widescreen thing that yeah. tracks you moving around, which everyone's like, when do I use this? I use this to stare at a computer on a desk in front of Zoom, but they're already kind of putting these features that imply like you have this in the room and you kind of wander around and just interact with it from afar. And yep. that kind of is our future. And with a Fido, a, a robot kind of following you around, um, yeah. is it? Who knows? I think, um, I think one of the interesting things that I am a bit passionate about in my weird nerd way, and I'm sure that I could get people passionate about it and ginned up about it if I had an extra couple of hours to explain this, but like- <laughs> The next, 30 seconds. the next fight, the next fight, the big fight is over the television set. Mm. So all of the big tech companies, Amazon, Google, Apple, everyone is fighting over the operating system that is pre-installed on people's televisions. Yep. So when you buy an LG TV, when you buy a Sony TV, when you buy a Samsung TV, when you turn it on, what is the thing that you're looking at? It's mm. not, you know, when we were young, you'd turn on the TV and it would be ABC, SBS, whatever. These days, when you turn on a TV, it literally looks like a phone, right? Now, that is the battle of the future of home entertainment. It'll be a OS battle, uh, operating system battle, and it is essentially the same fight that we've been having over the last 15 years over what operating systems are on your phone, but we're going to be having it over what's on the TV. And that'll be a whole home. Yeah. I mean, that'll be your operating system for your home. And I think that. And you won't turn it on. It'll just be on. Yeah, it'll be on at all times. And look, it's really dystopian. It is going to be really bad for us because we're not going to be have born into it. We're going to have known a time before having invasive technology. A beautiful time when it was just HDMI 1, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Also, like where you had dial up internet or you had a phone that you'd have to stand next to and blah, blah, blah. Like all of that weird nostalgia that we have for the past. I think we're in the liminal space between like yep. that past and the future where everything is an operating system around us yeah, and totally. everything is a service. It's, it's the same thing's playing out in cars as in well. In cars, exactly. I was going to say the same thing, but it's already half there. I have a smart home. It's all Apple run. On my car, Apple really? Play. Like automate. I got Apple TV is, is what I turn my TV on So do you onto. have one of the subscriptions to Apple's- Apple One. No, I don't because oh. I, don't, I don't actually use Apple Music. That stinks. I don't watch Apple TV Plus or whatever. I don't use Apple Fitness. Like, I don't actually use- That's interesting. If it was, like, more generous- But you have with, an Apple phone. I have an Apple phone. An Apple computer. Apple computer. I Do you have data on the Apple? Like, I, do you have, I, buy extra data? I have to buy extra data yeah. on iCloud. Okay. And I also pay them- I actually, they have got me into Apple Music because they released a voice 
Apple Music for four ninety nine a month that you can only use with your voice because I have the Apple smart home speakers and you can't use Spotify with the speakers. You, you have <laughs> oh, yeah. to go on your phone. And, well, everything everything's locking out. It's yeah. like like the car thing. At the moment, they're all battling over like that center console screen, which is just a square. But then you look at what Apple's pitching now for the cars, the where dash. it takes over the whole dash. Yeah, and it's going to get to the point where a car maker is probably not going to be able to indulge a whole dash integration and say, okay, we support both Google and Apple. they're going to have to pick a side because mm-hmm. it's going to be like a full system control thing. That's what the, the wall will be. And the TVs are the same. The TV one's interesting in Australia because I have this theory that Australia is like this weird laboratory for the rest of the world. To, it's because we have really aggressive regulators who are really smart and not scared to like, let's see what fucking happens. Yeah. And like we saw that with the Facebook-Google fight yeah. and we saw that with a whole bunch of antitrust actions recently. There's a current debate in the free uh, television network, so 7, 9, 10, where they are trying to – it's called prominence. They are trying to get the new Albanese government to legislate or create a new code, the same way that there was a news code, to create a new code that will say that when you turn on your TV in Australia, it must show 7, 9, and 10 on the home screen. It can't be Netflix, Amazon – Disney Plus, whatever. And the reason why I find that just so funny, it's like the most classic, like, impulse of, of the Australian media <laughs> is just to, like, log roll and rent seek. Like, we yeah. are we're totally, constantly yeah. trying to protect ourselves from, like, market forces. And it's like, well, what if Amazon does a deal with some Taiwanese TV maker so that every, you know, Samsung TV that gets made has an Amazon OS? Well, then that TV that's got sold to Australia has to show. Yeah. On, on, Final on. Once a life, it's got to put it in front, front <laughs> no, of And face. it's crazy. And it's this argument over prominence. And the reason why they say that is because they say, I've literally spoke to them about it. It's like, we tell Australian stories. And the government is in making sure that they tell the Australian stories. Well, and Netflix it, has Heartbreak High now. What are they going to do? They're is, telling is this- it a Heartbreak High that's Australian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. They've, they've rebooted it. I went to like the little launch party on Friday. Is it good? No, it's fine. I was probably ten years older than everyone else. There it was a bit, a bit of a weird vibe. <laughs> Is there like a Jurassic, like a like a? Yeah, weird yeah, vibe? yeah. Um, but they're all updated. You know, they're all they're all woke. They're all it's yeah. great. Yeah. The other and just and just so the, the prominence debates happening on TV. It will be because the Australian government literally gets wagged by the the media, which is great. But the other one is they also have and want to have a prominence debate over radio, which is when you turn on your radio in your car. You need to be able to, because people bought Spectrum, right? All these, all these broadcasters yeah, yeah. bought all this Spectrum. Yep. But now it's like, well, what if you just have like a Spotify OS on your Tesla or whatever it is, and you, you will never get accidentally turn on 2GB or accidentally turn yeah. on Triple M? They're really worried. And so they're trying to get the government to act on that stuff. I mean, I think. When we talk about the TV, the TV is just a, a monitor that's part of like your phone and every I'm serious. Like yeah. it's like a client server relationship where like the TV is just another screen that will be reflect what's on your phone. What we already kind of half do it. We have smart speakers in well, some people have smart speakers in every room. <laughs> Everyone has smart speakers. <laughs> and- we we share a friend whose whose whole house is Google. Mm. And it's very funny because I went over to his house and it is like literally Google Pro, Google Pro, Google Pro, all yeah. around the place. And it's funny that you've gone Apple. Yeah. And it is once you get locked in, yeah, yeah, you I'm, I'm stuck. I'm 100 percent stuck. Yeah, and I'll buy my kids Apple watches like when they're old enough. Yeah, right. And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's, it's a beautiful ritual, parenthood. Your yeah, first, your first Apple watch. Yeah, exactly. Go out into the world. Such a, it's such a weird capitalistic thing that you become an Apple family or a Google family yeah. or whatever it is. But you have to make the call. Uh, you do. <laughs> do yeah. you? Well, well, otherwise you're just using <laughs> like, both, you? and it's less convenient. I mean, it is less convenient. You could be a Huawei family. 
<laughs> exactly HTC family. Yeah. But you. But uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm interested in. So clearly, there's all of these products though that tech companies make that aren't good. And that they're like, we're going to redesign delivery with drones or whatever. Yeah, and that, was mar- a, that was a big Amazon and, yeah. vaporware. And the market was like, nah, like, we can't make this work. And regulators are like, no, you're absolutely not going to do that. The other one is like, I am not completely convinced with AR, VR. Like, no, the yes. AR, like the Oculus thing, when you put it on, it's like, wow, this is amazing. And then you feel sick after two minutes and like, oh. Uh, if you want off. cynicism on uh, the claims of tech, then you're in the right podcast. Yeah, I just yeah. think that like, I think that this fear of everything being a screen, like that is definitely what the tech companies want. Whether people actually do it is the other thing. And I think that the Apple car is a great example where it is trying to build self-driving. Now everyone says, oh, you know, self-driving is going to happen. It's no, the it's future not. of car. Maybe it won't. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to happen. Like, That's another one. Maybe people yeah. just like driving yeah, and, totally. and don't want to like lie in the back of a car that they have no control over. No, 50 no. years. That's my time horizon for self-driving. Yeah. And I think well, when, that- it, when it's ubiquitous. I mean, we had this conversation the other day at the pub. What will we see every day first? An autonomous car or an AR headset? I, th- I think it'll be AR glasses for sure. I think AR glasses are yeah. pretty- I, I think even Zuckerberg knows yeah. that. I think that he knows that the VR is weird and people don't love it. But he knows that, I think, and I think this is what Apple will do as well, is we're going to get some sort of mixed mixed environment thing where you'll have messages show up on your glasses and things Definitely. like that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Which is, again, still even to me super dystopian. I check, like, like you have one on your watch, right? Like, you have yeah. a screen on your watch. Is that not enough? And it's trying to... And, and then you've obviously got like Elon Musk and his Neuralink and things like that. Well, but I think, yeah. On the, I listened to the like the Mark Zuckerberg Joe Rogan podcast. It was unlistenable. It's, yeah, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was, a, it was really bad. Part. <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from the prolonged section where you know Joe Rogan talks about like combat sports in the metaverse, and Mark Zuckerberg's like, oh yeah, man, like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, can you kick someone in the metaverse? Will that be okay? Is there, is there any really, in the yeah, metaverse? There's no resistance when you kick someone. Mark's like, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, this goes on for like a goes forty for a, minutes, a long time. <laughs> yeah. But and which is you know the, the the hump to get over. Mark's talking about oh, you can have your AR glasses on and be at like lunch with your friends, and then you can get emails and messages, and you can resp- you can read them and address them and respond to them, and no one will ever know. And Joe Rogan is quite fairly like that sounds terrible. Yes. That sounds like a complete violation of like every sort of social convention that's existed in humanity for like thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. and Mark's like, well, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> and, and he goes, and he goes, oh, he starts talking about the. Ray bands that, that's outfitted yeah. with the cameras. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, like it's been amazing to work with this company to work with the Ray Bands. And Joe Rogan goes, But what if like isn't that for pervs? Like, can't you just say and he goes, No, but like there are these lights on the you side. Could- and he goes, Can't you just like black text them out? And he goes, Yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> like that is like, that is the CEO of one of the biggest companies in the world just being not having an answer to being owned by Rogan. Yeah. It's just like it was so. Di- That's a gotcha. I- That's a gotcha. Yeah, you journalists on, do Joe. that. <laughs> do you know what I was just talking about like the Cloudflare CEO who actually has the considered thought of thought through his you know reasoning. It's like Mark Zuckerberg half the time you're like, what are you doing? Like yeah. you're out kite surfing in Hawaii. Are you not thinking that that is Facebook's biggest problem? And they're doing it now with the VR stuff. Is th- it's almost like they don't have the capacity for the depravity of humans. Yeah. Where we, they don't realize. Well, they've proven that time and time, <laughs> time again. Time again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you know what fascists will do with this platform? Do you know what disgusting pedophiles will do with VR headsets? Like, yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. The reason I brought up the AR versus uh, self-driving is I reckon if you asked that question five years ago, majority of people would have had a different answer. 
You think that's a yes? I think they all would have said self-driving before AI. Oh, really? Like five or six years ago. Remember, self-driving was five years away. Yeah, well, it's, years it's always five yeah. years away, but so is VR, basically. We've been and promised AI, VR's true. five years away for since the early 2000s, yeah. basically. Um, anyway, Mark, we've addressed far more than just Amazon. Thank you so much. My big takeaway was the future is either robots or getting jacked off in the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> Which way, Western man, you know? <laughs> also, my takeaway from it is, like, Raph is full-on Apple, like, yeah. household. Yeah, this is very unsettling. And also- a subscription nerd in a way that I wouldn't have put you down. Very organised to be um, that sort of. I have to reconsider nerd. my my seat on this podcast. Efficiency, <laughs> okay. Efficiency. No. All right, now we've finished with another breathing exercise. 